Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Ed Creation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional movements, resources, tools, and practices that are reshaping learning. Hi, everyone. This is Christy, and our guest today is Dr. Lori Grace, the Associate Superintendent of School Leadership at Twin Rivers Unified School District in McClellan, California. Dr. Grace joined us in the middle of a school day during the last few weeks of school, and I can't imagine a busier time for an educator, so you know that she feels strongly about what she came to share. A little about Dr. Grace, she has worked at every grade band, as well as being an intervention counselor, a district 504 coordinator, and a high school assistant principal and then principal. In Sacramento, she has served as the executive director of curriculum and instruction prior to her current role. I really supervise the entire instructional program from Um, supervision of principals to curriculum and instruction work, English learner services, everything that has to do with teaching and learning, I supervise here. That's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of transitioning roles. In the process of creating, you know, these learning experiences and looking for the best resources, was there a gap or a problem or something that you were seeing that caused you to be searching for the solution that you came to share with us today? Definitely. I think that, you know, really across the state of California, what we've seen is since, you know, 2015, we've seen an 11 to 12% gap between performance in ELA and performance in math um, across the board for our students. And in the district, we had really plateaued in um, our achievement in math. And what we found was our educators and and our practitioners in the classroom really felt far more comfortable with the content in ELA and felt like during their teaching programs and in their careers, they'd spent a lot more time and had a lot better grasp of the content around ELA. And as we transitioned into Common Core, Uh, There was really a need for more professional development, uh, more support around the content for math. Dr. Grace's district had adopted the Go Math curriculum, and the company provided an initial two days of orientation and training with the curriculum. But then the teachers were left to implement on their own. And this is not unusual. In fact, this is the typical pattern with curriculum adoptions, probably 98% of the time. Teachers are left to really take that, pull that two days of standalone training forward and use it in many different ways and all the different things that happen in their classrooms, changing of grade levels year to year to try and implement uh, that curriculum and really produce something that's a guaranteed and viable curriculum for, for their students. You know, you have hit on such an important issue. Our traditional model of professional learning has been the one and done workshop or the two days and done workshop that we're then needing to actually take into our classrooms and have it shift our practice. And what we know is that it it really isn't very effective. 
that we need job embedded, that we need an apprenticeship style, that we need in-classroom coaching style to really shift our practice. And this shouldn't be a surprise to us because that's how kids learn. Why would it be any different for us? Absolutely. And I think that it becomes, you know, you you have a TOSA model or a teacher on special assignment and instructional coach model that has been out there um, for quite some time. And, And we had one at the time as well, but there was also a misalignment between what the instructional coach was coaching the teacher around and then what the principal was going in and looking for. And sometimes those things could contradict one another. Um, And so it led to a lack of coherence for our teachers and we're trying to support them through that method. And so the last thing you want to do is create more confusion in the classroom. And I know we aren't alone Um, in that journey uh, across the board. And what we found was that that model was not being successful in significantly shifting kind of instructional practice in the classroom. We could walk classrooms and after three years, we found very little shift in core instruction. and, And we still heard a lot of frustration from our practitioners on how they were instructing in math and and how they could see the student results that they, they, you know, really desired. And so this set you kind of on a search for how to better support those teachers and how to create more of a lasting, consistent shift. When you embarked on that search, was there a lot to choose from? I believe at that time we had just done our math adoption uh, in in 912 we had already as i said adopted go math in the earlier grades and so we had reviewed lots of curriculum out there already and it hadn't been very long so we knew there wasn't a lot out there we had just adopted cpm at the 912 level and um you know we we had really been out there and looked at things and what we said was we know job embedded coaching is the way to go. We just don't know how to get there. The CPM math curriculum that Dr. Grace's district adopted for grades nine through 12 is a teacher created math curriculum out of UC Davis. It's a reputable company based on the discovery model. And the thing that appealed to Dr. Grace's teachers is that they offer ongoing professional development and coaching. However, the primary elementary and middle grade teachers didn't have that same level of support, and they were struggling to implement in a way that produced positive student results. And then the district found SWUN Math, S-W-U-N. And so we found SWUN, and SWUN was first and foremost a professional development company. And that was something that, you know, and they, they, included job embedded coaching with coaches that were highly skilled and trained, uh, had received additional pedagogical training, additional content training. And really their method was once a month coming out side by side with teachers and moving from not just demonstration, but they would have a debrief of that demonstration, lessons in the classroom. They would debrief that with teachers. 
Um, they would go through data chats, you know, everything that we talked to them about that was a, the part of job embedded coaching that we knew from the research worked was included in that professional development model. And then they had real live results from districts that they had been working with for years for us to be able to look at and say, okay, this really does from, you know, the 9,000 foot level that my superintendent cares about, you know, from that broad level down to the classroom level, which is what my school leaders and site leaders were caring about. They, we could really see the, the results across the board Swan Math gave Dr. Grace's district the option of using the Swan curriculum or providing the same job-embedded coaching with the Go Math curriculum they were already using. We started out saying, okay, we're going to look at this and, and gauge it using our adopted curriculum. And when we did the first, they did the first two-day training immediately, I remember vividly walking into the summer PD and having 15 of the middle school teachers turn around in the training and say, Dr. Grace, are we going to get the student journals and the teacher resources as well? They wanted to immediately shift over into using the curriculum. Give us a picture then of how this is implemented and how it differs from that one and done model. So you were in a summer training. So there was some kind of like workshop based training involved, but then where does it veer and how does it become more comprehensive? So how it works is you do a two day initial training for teachers and then you set up a schedule where once a month, a SWAN coach meets with every single teacher on your campus. And so it's usually in groups, uh, grade level groups, where they are spending, you know, about two hours with that group of teachers. So imagine getting two and a half, two, two and a half hours of really high quality coaching a month from around the curriculum and around math. And that's what happens in our district. I think year three of implementation before the shutdown happened, and we've been here for the last two years. So um, yeah, it, that's it's, we're probably in our fifth year of implementation. For the first two years of implementation, at the same time, our teachers are getting monthly PD our administrators are getting pulled out about three to four times a year. And they're also getting trained on this one lesson design and coaching that they should be seeing in their classrooms and how teachers should be implementing uh, the lesson design. So that coherence occurs um, that we needed so desperately. So not only does this one coach come out and converse with the school leader and the site leader, and they talk about what they're seeing and, and how coaching should be going, but they're getting like school leader dedicated training as well so that they are very consistent in what they're looking for and what they're giving teachers feedback because nothing is more frustrating to a teacher in the classroom to be receiving coaching and then have their administrator come and do a walkthrough and give them feedback on something that's completely separate and outside um, 
what what they were just coached on. It's like, ah, what am I supposed to be doing here? So, yeah, that is so important. I can speak from experience on this as someone who worked in professional development and literacy coaching that we were an inquiry-based learning company and we would go in and work on strategies and pedagogy that was inquiry-based. And if the administration wasn't involved or didn't maybe even know what these resources were that teachers were implementing, they would come in and give contradictory feedback. And it was very frustrating for those teachers. Yes. Well, and and in the adoption of SWAN, that, that third component, um, so I talked about the teacher professional development that's job embedded and ongoing, the administrator professional development that is creating that coherence um, across the system in what they should be seeing. And then there is a component that is a parent training Um, that also supports what are quick and easy ways that you can support your child in math and what does that look like doing it at the kitchen table. And and I was just blown away when I saw some of those first sessions with our parents and got some of the feedback with our parents of, you know, this is really the most impactful, you know, parent sessions that that I have been to because it's, um, you know, Sai Swan and Stephanie Villarreal do a tremendous job of really speaking directly to parents as parents themselves and saying, you know, I know you can be cooking dinner and think I don't have time to work with my child, but here's how you can do it with your child behind you while you're working at the stove. And uh, our our parents really grabbed onto it and adored um, those parent sessions and continue to. That's amazing. That's so, first of all, so real world. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. second, I have not encountered a resource that anywhere in any content area that provides this many tiers and levels of support to create a unified approach and philosophy within a community. You know, it it really was impactful for me. I I think I had finished my doctorate about three years prior to that and uh, had done my my doctorate all around instructional rounds and creating coherence throughout a system. And so when I saw this, I was like, wow, this this is everything we read about coherence is how you get all of the stakeholders moving in the same direction and with the same level of understanding or the same premise of understanding. And we all want to do it. Like you said before, we we wanted to provide this. We wanted to make the shift and we didn't know how. So this is a resource that came in and said, we know how, and we'll mm-hmm. walk you through it step-by-step step, and we'll provide all of the pieces. Um, what kinds of shifts have you seen, first of all, with teachers in the classroom within instruction? And then we'll talk about students. So I, you know, I, I still get chills thinking about the, that first year and it was literally within months, I could take the superintendent out and take board members out and board members could see where teachers were in the lesson design. They could see them uh, implementing the lesson design in their classroom they could see a, a definite division between the phases of the lesson design. And, and the lesson design is, you know, just elegantly simplistic. 
in, in its approach. And it is at, at the basis, a three-phase lesson design with some really amazing things mixed in. But you could really see our teachers feeling competent and confident in their instruction in math in a way that we hadn't seen in three years of implementation of GoMath. We started to see in the first six months uh, of SWAN implementation. It, it was just it was just staggering. And then being able to see teachers come in in full grade levels and watch a demonstration lesson and be talking about math instruction in a way that was vulnerable and honest, that was exciting to see. You know, when I have a real feeling that when you don't provide our experts in the classroom with the tools that they need to feel competent and secure, that's where you see defensiveness in the, in the profession and you see teachers begin to push back and, and become defensive, which as administrators, we often interpret as unwilling to change and stuff. It, it really isn't that. It's about fear of, I don't know how to do this and I don't have enough support to help me do this in a way. And I feel like I'm going to pull a pin out and you're going to disrupt my whole classroom routine and and I'm going to lose kind of the management of that routine. Yeah. And I'm doing the best I can. And if you're telling me not to do it this way, then I'm left with nothing. Um, I love what you just said so much that it made me feel just a little bit teary because we all want that administrator who just sees that we are it's not that we're not willing to change. We just, if you have a better idea, then give me what I need to, to do it and implement it successfully. Yeah. I, of course, we all want our kiddos to succeed. Of course we do. That's why we're here. So what have you, what has been the impact on students? Uh, our kids have, now you're going to make me cry. Dr. Grace is about to report three distinct measurable student outcomes, and I want to make sure you really hear and track with them. So here's the first. Very, very quickly, what we saw was a growth in student talk, first and foremost. So students knowing how to and what their role was and the expectation was of them to talk about the math in meaningful ways from our newcomer English learners through our very articulate eighth graders. We saw more students talking more about math and uh, academic content. So students at all levels talking and conversing about math using academic language, even the English learners. Second, we saw students really understanding cognitive routines. I would say that Swan Math, the lesson design and the coaching around it is heavy on cognitive routines from kinder through eighth grade. And so from grade level to grade level, students know kind of some of the cognitive routines. And when a teacher picks up a red pen, they know across the board what that means because they've seen it from second grade through eighth grade. And so we saw students really understanding what cognitive routines they needed to follow and how they needed to follow the math. Cognitive routines that were consistent from primary up into secondary. This is huge. When students don't have to relearn routines and expectations at each grade level, and sometimes even for each teacher, they can focus in on content. And not only achievement increases, but classrooms become orderly and peaceful. 
next? We saw them really digging into some challenge problems. And then over the course of, you know, the last three years before the shutdown, um, I think the fun stuff is really getting into the student presentations and being able to see kids work in groups and bring up and explain the math uh, in a way that is active and engaging and exciting and not something that we had seen in our classes or that our teachers probably even knew was possible at that point in time. Those are all my favorite indicators of success. Because I'm a teacher at heart. I know there's a listener saying, What's been your quantitative data? So, um, can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So, remember, I said we were flat for about two years in a row, two to three years in a row. And I think the year before that, we might have grown a percent in math. So, the first two years of implementation, we uh, increased over 4%. Um, on the SBAC. So that was uh, pretty staggering. Uh, Unfortunately, where we thought we were going to see our biggest jump was right before the shutdown. So we were all, it was kind of a gut punch to us when um, we shut down because we, we saw all the indicators of taking really large leaps uh, forward. We know that we now, after being in year five of implementation that I feel like we bounced back quicker than some other districts have. And and our benchmark indicators show that we've bounced back. We won't know until over here. So, but you mentioned that they were very supportive of you during distance learning. And I'm guessing did, were they able to provide, you know, ongoing strategies and support? They were able to do more than that. Uh, They, partnered with us as a district and said, okay, we're, we're in distance learning. We're trying to, you know, connect with teachers and we'll support them anytime, anywhere, not just around the math. So teachers had an on-call person they could call, but they didn't just do that. Dr. Grace and her leaders spoke with the Swan Math team about the Zoom fatigue of teachers and students and the need for content that students could engage with prior to meeting. This could potentially create a more flipped classroom model, allowing the digital meetings to be more collaborative. Our kids are getting real tired of just watching their teacher on the screen and being a talking face. We can use breakout rooms, but engagement doesn't happen the same way. So within the space of, gosh, a month, they took every lesson, made it into a animated content video so that they have all of their lessons on animated video lessons. But this allowed them to kind of watch a cartoon, teaching math, pause it, ask kids some checking for understanding, replay it, and it allowed them to flip the classroom and other grade levels. They did all of this in lightning speed with fantastic content. We got to review several iterations of it. We gave them feedback. They were able to go back, tailor it, um, and then take it out and coach all of our teachers and how to use it in different ways. Wow. Uh, 
we've used those videos throughout the pandemic. We've used them during distance learning. We use them during hybrid when we had different groups of kids. So one group would be staying home watching the bit. You could keep both of your groups on pace together in math. We have used it during this year when kids would go on quarantine. They were able to still get this instruction. And one of the most exciting ways is when we first came back this year, what I saw was our teachers continuing to utilize those videos in combo classes. So we would have our kids, if you've got a five, six combo, our fifth graders would be with headphones in front of their laptops, watching, watching the lesson while the teacher was instructing live to the sixth graders. And then she would pivot and do the same thing. Um, and so it has all these tremendous applications outside of distance learning, but what a partner. I can't, I can't even imagine any, any other company being not laughing us out of the room as, as we suggested. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm struck by two things. First of all, honestly, we were needing some of these flexibility solutions prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic made that need immediate. And so moving out of that, you know, so many districts were were not necessarily just going to go back to 100% in-person learning. So now they've been able to make this pivot that makes them very nimble in their delivery of instruction and then just the responsiveness. And imagine being a parent because it's also accessible to parents. And, you know, I know across the state we have heard we heard outcries from parents around Common Core Math, and I don't understand it. And imagine being a parent and being able to watch this cartoon with your child when they don't understand how to do their math homework and pause it with them and talk through it and learn it with them. It's just such a great resource. So good. I so appreciate you sharing this with our listeners because uh, I've never really heard of anything like it. I have to be honest. I'm not, I don't have a math background. I have an English language arts background, but I've been in the world of professional development and this is amazing. It's so much more expansive than anything I've encountered. Um, Who would you recommend this to? Who should reach out to Swan? I think it's district level leadership. Um, I, I think that site level definitely could reach out to them and talk with them. Uh, but they would eventually be going to their curriculum directors to reach out. So uh, I think anyone anyone working in curriculum and instruction, math TOSAs that are out there, superintendents that are out there for sure. The last piece that I really haven't mentioned a little bit about SWAN is that after we adopted SWAN, what we found was you know, we had a real opportunity as a district to collaborate with other districts across the state who were also using SWAN to be a network of districts in a professional learning community. Holy cow, that's crazy cool. So there's there's lots of different uh, collaboratives out there of districts trying to work on the math pro- problem, but we thought this was a unique opportunity to address math achievement, utilizing the same strategy. So we're all using SWAN math. We all have the same strategy that we're utilizing to tackle the same problem. And so seven districts came together throughout the state of California, and we represent over 170,000 students statewide. 
We meet with top district leaders across the state about four times a year and compare data. We um, talk about change management. We talk about implementation. We've had this unintended consequence of the, the pandemic where we were able to support one another in strategies throughout the pandemic. Many had to do with SWAN implementation, but many had to do with things outside of that because we already had this platform. And that, that network, the strategic math network, anyone who actually is utilizing SWAN, that's open to them and available to them if they want to make the commitment to be a part of that strategic collaborative as well. And it's supported by Michael Fullen, who I'm sure many of your listeners who are in education, I don't have to explain who he is, but he is um, one of the foremost researchers in education. And and Michael Fullen uh, participates in the network throughout the year and is studying the network and its effects as well. So amazing. They've facilitated this whole community of practice, which is what we all long for. Like, what? how are other teachers encountering this problem? How are they dealing with it? I mean, we just have all needed that. And oftentimes, even with great resources, it's still left to the school or district to create that themselves. And usually it's just among their own communities. So the fact that you're able to have that far-reaching community, I'm sure has been a game changer. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know? I just just a plug for the coaches themselves. You know, something something that we've long said and and you know within our district is it's always it, it's people, not programs. And Swan is probably the the best that I have seen about hiring and training amazing educators who are dedicated to their work and dedicated to the districts that they serve. I've never ever felt like they are a curriculum or PD contractor in any way. I I have always felt like they're a part of our Twin Rivers family and that I know many, many of our teachers feel the same way about the coaches that they work with. I know they care about how our students perform every bit as much as we care. And you just don't find that with any other outside vendor that I have ever worked with to the degree that they mean it and are willing to put the time and effort and energy behind it. You can connect with Swan Math Curriculum and Professional Learning for Math through the link in the episode notes. SWUN provides intensive job-embedded professional learning and coaching for math from primary grades through middle school, along with a comprehensive math curriculum. You can inquire about a free pilot of either or both by visiting edcuration.com and searching SWUN Math. That's S-W-U-N. And while you're at EdCuration, check out our free one-hour micro-professional learning explorations addressing a wide variety of topics and content areas. Explorations include downloadable resources, lessons to use immediately with your students, and continuing education certificates for license renewal hours. Lots to choose from for summer learning and get you inspired for the coming school year. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful, please take a minute and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe, share, and join us again next week to reshape learning with the Ed Curation Podcast.